0: Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's talk for two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey.
1: Thank you, Gary, and thanks as always to our season sponsors, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Find fantastic podcasts at tangentboundnetwork.com, and all your entertainment needs are at AxTel. Com. Today, I am proud to welcome Gordon Clapp to the show. Best known for his Emmy-winning turn as Detective Greg Metavoy on NYPD Blue, and y'all know I love cop shows, so I'm geeking out a little bit, Clapp is currently co-starring in the Broadway production of A Great Society, where he portrays the infamous FBI director J. Edgar Hoover. The Great Society is the second part in Robert Shenkin's. I hope I said that right, Robert Schenken's pair of tomes about the presidential tenure of Lyndon Baines Johnson. The first, all the way, played Broadway in 2015, with Breaking Bad star Brian Cranston portraying the larger-than-life president. In this sequel, which focuses on the second half of Johnson's presidency, the legend of politics is portrayed by a legend of theater and film, Brian Cox, currently also starring in HBO's Succession. Now, I gotta tell you, I love political thrillers. I watched House of Cards up until the you-know-what happened and uh, the creepy Frank Underwood. I couldn't... Anyway, uh... <laughs> And Netflix did the right thing. Anyway, that's a tangent. I love political thrillers. This is a two hour and 45 minute show. I was invited to see it uh, the night before doing this interview with Gordon. And I have to tell you, I loved every second of it. I saw all the way back in 2015, because you're probably talking to one of the biggest uh, under the radar Breaking Bad fans that there is out there. And I'm a little annoyed Better Call Saul has been delayed until into the new year because I'm ready to see how that wraps and they are just so wonderful so of course i had to see that in 2015 and the great society i've started i love succession so i wanted to see what brian cox does in person because that's where he made his bones in the theater but uh, when i realized that gordon clap was in it that made it all the much more exciting and i reached out i said you know who do you have available i'd love to have gordon i'd love to have brian and they said well we can give you uh we can give you gordon i said Perfect. I love NYPD Blue. I love his work. He seems like such a genuine man. And he tackles J. Edgar Hoover in a really unique way where he he doesn't fall into the tropes uh, associated often with uh, Hoover. It's just he's a person. And we we talk about that in this interview. The show is amazing. It's not two hours and 45 minutes, it's more like five minutes. It just grips you, and you better hang on because I just got back from Disney, so I'm going to make this analogy is like a roller coaster. Even if you know the history, and even if you think you know, you're still going to be shocked. You're still going to be in awe of what they're doing. And to see this drama, this presidency really did encapsulate so much drama, you'll be on the edge of your You will be on the edge of your seat. I absolutely promise you. That was my phone that buzzed if you felt that. I absolutely promise you, you will be on the edge of your seat. Now, I had a chance to talk with Gordon Clapp the day after I saw the show. We talked about getting inside the mind of such a uniquely enigmatic figure and how Gordon navigated his, his Hoover's relationship with Brian Cox's Lyndon Johnson. How the two actors kind of circled each other and got into that. Because Gordon doesn't have many lines, at least not in the first half. And very, you know, and he kind of builds in the second half. So how they navigated that relationship, not just with words, but with their relationship to each other in the space and their body language and all these cool things that us theater nerds get uh, get excited about. So. We also talked about the associations between his Great Society character and Detective Metavoy on NYPD Blue. Both, of course, are lawmen. Plus, Gordon fills us in on his passion project. A one-man show on the life of another enigmatic figure, the poet Robert Frost. He can find a bit of Frost, says Clapp. In all of the characters he plays. The Great Society runs until November 30th. You have just under two weeks to go see this show. And, you know, I hate to say it, I hate to point this out because the. PR team was so nice in setting this up but I think even they would agree this show has kind of flown a little bit under the radar because you know back in 2015 they had Brian Cranston just off of the Breaking Bad finale now Brian Cox he has succession and people know him he's out there but to me especially maybe because it's at Lincoln Center which again not a knock on Lincoln Center but they have really good shows that the general public unless you're a theater person you don't necessarily know about this is a show for the general public. Again, even if you think you know the history, you have never seen it presented like this. The Great Society runs until November 30th at the Vivian Beaumont Theater at Lincoln Center Theater. Here now to tell us why Lyndon Johnson's tenure as the 36th President of the United States is still relevant today, our interview with Gordon Clapp. Emmy Award winner Gordon Clapp now appearing on Broadway in the Great Society. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm
0: very well. And this this uh, uh it's getting darker earlier. Yes, uh, I hate you it. You know, I lie down to take a late afternoon nap and, and here we are. It's dark out. So. Oh my goodness. Night the,
1: has fallen. Well, you you kinda have to be a little nocturnal with the with the two hour and forty five minute show. I mean
0: Oh absolutely. Can you hold on a second? You know what I did? Sure. I said I said an alarm. no that's good okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I set an alarm and it all comes through my uh, my hearing aids. Oh uh, so cool technology. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so anyway I was saying you know it that's fine that late afternoon nap because you have to be nocturnal anyway for to do a two hour and forty five minute show. I mean my goodness how do you how do you get keep your rest up and try to have a normal schedule with a show well, you, you, that demanding
0: right you have to get on a, on on that schedule and uh for, for theater the schedule is there's there's never anything earlier than you know 10 11 in the morning mm-hmm. that's when rehearsals begin so you get on a you get on a, a, a lateish schedule uh, pretty fast for television and film um it can it can be very early can be six six thirty a.m., but it can go to, you know, to nine ten o'clock p.m. Um, easily, uh, you know, it just depends on on the schedule for, you know, what you're shooting.
1: Exactly, exactly. And with this play, there's still a lot of work. I mean, where did you begin tackling J. Edgar Hoover and memorizing all those lines? I mean, that's all. It's Shakespearean esque dialogue, and just the amount. How do you begin to dig into a role like
0: that? well it, uh, most of most of my hoover is lurking i'm lurking a lot I, yeah i'm in a lot of scenes i don't i don't have a lot of dialogue in the show interestingly enough it's it probably seems like i have more than i do because i'm i'm in a lot of the scenes sort of participating and then coming in for a kind of a post-mortem on a couple of discussions and that kind of thing until uh, you know my last couple of scenes where i have i'm, I'm a little more active but uh you know i'm i'm definitely used to the dialogue you know my passion project right now and something that i've been doing for 10 years you know sometimes a couple of times a year sometimes i'll do i'll do several runs of it is a is a one-man robert frost where yep. i'm on stage by myself for 75 minutes mm-hmm. and uh it's it's just uh, just me talking yeah and saying poems
1: you know, and I know about that, and I know you said in another interview that because of that show and you've been doing it for so long and it's your passion project, you find a little bit of frost in the roles that you take on. Is there frost uh, in, right. in, in yeah. J. Edgar Hoover?
0: Uh, maybe a little bit of the um, um, you know the the, the crustiness. Yeah. Um he's he, he's he's a little little bit of a crustacean, um, mm-hmm. Hoover. Uh, But, uh, you know, I've, you know, I'm trying to think where, you know, some of the um, actually kind of the construction, the way of speaking, that was something that that came out of that period. Uh, Hoover was probably 40, about 50 years younger than Frost. Mm -hmm. But there was something about that, that period, kind of the formal, formal Construct a formal way of speaking, um, and that—that's what I found. Uh, that that uh, Hoover sounds a little bit like, uh, you know, he, he sounds like he's narrating a documentary sometimes. Yes, you know, <laughs> some some of those propaganda films of the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, Frost had had a little bit of that formality when he went, you know, when when he he started speaking, but then he'd get he'd get a little more comfortable with it, and. Uh, And you kind of loosened up and made it a little more personal, a little little warmer.
1: Well, it's just wonderful, those connections that you make as actors and how everything, every project, you find a little bit of something that you did before in another project. And one of the cool things I'm seeing about, I saw last night when I saw the show, and I loved it. Oh, my goodness. Just like I loved all the way. It was just, last night, it was wonderful, Um, is how imitative... Certain actors go versus how imitative certain actors don't go. I'm wondering yeah, I, I, for you personally, how did you do where that sliding scale was for you in your approach?
0: Well, I don't think um, I don't think that, that uh, uh, Hoover is indelible. Uh, to anyone because he's been played by so many actors. You know, I I, I, I looked at the, the, the Wikipedia entry on Hoover and and I, and I was astonished at the, at the number of actors uh, of, of wonderful character actors. I thought am I the last character actor in the in the country to play this man? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, You know, so I wasn't I wasn't too worried about it, but I did go and look at a couple of uh, YouTube videos and, uh, and and listen to some of the phone calls the, uh, uh, phone calls between, uh, LBJ and Hoover. And, and, and so, uh, so I set a little bit of a challenge for myself and I, 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 I got a sort of a sense of it. Um, he talked a little bit faster than I'm talking, I think. Mm-hmm. Apparently he had a, he, he had a bit of a speech impediment as, as, as a young person. And he, uh, and he tried to overcome it by talking by, by talking very swiftly. this kind of kind of way he would he would talk. He would he would go about it that way and uh, try you know try, try to get try to try to get the information as quickly as possible. <laughs> so it was uh, I, I I thought they're not going to understand what I'm saying it's right too fast. But yeah. there was a there was an urgency to everything in this production. Yes, everything, um, and uh, you know Bill Rausch. You know, we hit the ground running. We had three weeks of rehearsal and uh, three and a half days of technical rehearsal before we had our first audience.
1: Wow.
0: So, um, you know, there was there was a great urgency to the work we were doing, although Bill was very calming in a way. And he was just he's such a generous man. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, after every rehearsal, it was it was this was a great day's work. We've done we've done great work today you know go home get some rest come in tomorrow and you know we're going to we're going to continue with this and and sometimes it would be he'd say he'd say well we're not going to see this for another week and a half so just <laughs> make sure you look at you know look things over uh, over the next week and a half because we're moving on to act 2 and you know so uh but you know there was that that kind of urgency to the rehearsal and that kind of um, pace to the to the play there was no there was no there was very little time between scenes. There were no, no real transitions. Mm-hmm. Made a little lighting, yeah. and, and sometimes, you know, literally uh, a line would uh, from the end of one scene into the next. There would be there'd be nothing. It would sound like it, maybe it was the same scene, and then the audience would I think would realize that no, we're we're in a, we're just a little in a little different place now.
1: Mhm. You know, it's it's interesting to me cuz you said that magic word pace. I think one of the kind of the illusions people that go see this, a lot of the scenes feel longer than they actually or I think the inverse. No, I'm right. Scenes seem longer than they actually are because you get so much information in one oh, scene yeah. and then yeah. it just yeah. keeps going. And it was the same way with the with the first, this is the sequel to All the Way. It's amazing mm-hmm. to me that a 2 hour and 45 minute show can feel as swift and go by as quickly. A political drama can go by so quickly. To what do you attribute that? I, I'm wondering what's that secret sauce to make it feel seat of your pants? Just it's going to go by like you're flying.
0: Uh, well, in this case, uh, it, it was literally what 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 uh, what Bill Roush referred to as language to language.
1: Explain, said,
0: uh, please. He 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 said, "When he stops talking, you talk. There is no, there's nothing pensive here. <laughs> you know, you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not, you're not going to let that penetrate. You're going to go right into it. You're going to go right into your uh, response. Mm-hmm. Which is how politicians or, or are, as, as Frost would call it. you retort, You retort. Yeah. You know, he he was always. Uh, that was a big thing with Frost. Was was um, you know, if you're." Uh, uh, if your spirit, your spunk is still up, you value yourself on, 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 on the replies you make to the latest in the news, to whatever's going on, you know, and uh, and, uh, and and that. And so, yeah, that's something that I carried of, of, of Frost, that 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 you have to you have to respond immediately to everything in this play. Um, that, you know, everybody, you, you know, every character is 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 really smart and on his game. And you have to you have to be on top of everything.
1: Exactly, and the show really is. Now, you personally, as an actor, uh, cops seem to be a theme, or at least maybe it's just Jay Edgar and and your character on NY- <laughs> NYPD Blues. But what is it about you that is? Are you drawn to these types of characters, these law enforcement types, or is it just? Am I think am I overthinking I, that?
0: I, you know, I, I, I played a lot of them. I played a lot of them and I played... And some of them have been darker than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a guy in uh, the movie Matewan, which has just been... Um, it has been re-released in the Criterion Collection. It's a John Sayles film yeah. uh, about the, 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 the coal mining wars in West Virginia in in 1920. This, this, this actual event took place. Mm-hmm. I played a guy that makes... Jay Edgar Hoover looked like Mister Rogers. You know? <laughs> yeah, this guy was was really, really uh, a, a, a dark guy. But um, but you know, you always find you find something in the character that there's there's a reason there's a reason he's doing what he's doing, and that's what you have to find. That's what you always have to find. And so mm-hmm. I found Hoover to be not quite as uh, as 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 dark and evil in terms of. You know, my approach to him, Mm -hmm. as some people might be seeing.
1: Exactly. You know, I got that. It was not, you know, he is oftentimes cast as this mysterious, evil person you you played him as just a person as a human with his motives to drive to help Lincoln or at times to butt heads or excuse me Lyndon Johnson ah it's been a long day <laughs> uh, to butt heads or not and drive his agenda drive his policies and i want to thank you for that because you didn't cloud your portrayal of him with that judgment and i think that's so important in getting to the heart well bill of bill a really wanted
0: bill really wanted to, you know wanted me to twist the knife with that with everything you know he he just said it's really it's really important that that you uh, uh you know that when you're when you're talking about uh um, bobby kennedy and j edgar hoover yeah that there's a way that you say those names that sounds like they are devil incarnate you know mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that you you know you want to get that across <laughs> you want to get that across to lbj you know because it's so uh, so and then of course the, the you know, at at the end with the, with the, um, not giving anything away. I think most people know the history, but when, when Nixon, you know, uh, takes, takes the, takes the podium uh, for the inauguration, there's just this great uh, moment of, of, uh, uh, you know, between Hoover and Nixon where you realize that what he's saying is, uh, uh, Mr. President, you and I and John Mitchell, (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna make the world a, a, a better place, you know, yeah. and that's just it's just it's just in that look, you know, that we have. So um <laughs> and to that end a, a lot a lot of fun. It's a lot of and, fun.
1: And to that end, it just it's it's shocking to me how a history play, two history plays really, are so timely to this day. And people could ask why is it timely? Why, you know, why do we still need it? Let me let me give you my spin on that. If LBJ okay. came back and saw what was going on today, what do you think he would say? I know you're not playing, Johnson, but you're in that head, you're in that history more than anybody right now. What do you think LBJ's response would be?
0: Well, he would he would be taking a few people to task. Yeah. Uh, right now, he would he would go right into the, the, the Justice Department and say, uh, say, buddy, you play by the rules. If you don't play by the rules, you're done. You're mm-hmm. done. We play by rules here. And we might bend the rules a little bit. We might lie a little bit, but we don't we don't lie at every turn. We mm-hmm. don't lie. We can't lie at every turn. We can't hurt people with our lies and we can't get personal. We can't get as personal as we're getting. Everybody's a little too personal these days.
1: hmm Well, he had some yeah. run up against that with Bobby Kennedy. Kennedy made it personal. Of
0: course he did. Of course he did. And he and, 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 and he hid that and and but it but but it was but because you know, he was personal. Yeah. He got a little too personal with Kennedy because, you know, Kennedy was trying to try to stop things that that, that, that he felt that he was hurting the party. He was you know, part, exactly. party 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 unity, uh, you
1: know. He talks about it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I yeah, it's it's kind of double talk in that way, unifying yeah. but really rallying against somebody. And I'll pose that question for your character, even with all of his, with all of the mixed uh, what history's been saying about J. Edgar Hoover and his tactics. Do you think he'd kind of be appalled at how far gone politics kind of is? in this day and age
0: but he would be he would be telling donald trump you cannot undermine the the government agencies that are the foundation of this country Mm -hmm. you know you cannot you cannot do that we will not allow you to do that Mm -hmm. um uh, you know because such mistrust has been created and i i don't i don't think that hoover would have ever let that happen um you know, interestingly enough, Hoover Hoover stood up to Nixon at the end, and there's there's some thought that maybe you know Nixon was ready to get rid of him before he died. You know that uh, he you know he died on on Nixon's watch, and uh, yeah, um, um, and I I don't know how he would have fared against somebody like Donald Trump.
1: Yeah. You know, he's an interesting character all on his own that I think kind of deserves his own story, his own play. And Like you said, there's been countless actors and countless angles of attack at that. But I think with everything not to get too far into the political realm here, but it's a political play with what's going on today and all of the investigations in the Justice Department. I think that kind of examination of where Hoover really kind of falls in the pantheon of, of federal boogeymen. Um, would be really fascinating, and I think you know th- uh, that's just a tangent. But that's kind of what I took from your your portrayal is just where Hoover kind of laid and what his his uh, motives were. It was really cool to to see the way that you explored that, and you well, kill You it. <laughs> know, the,
0: see, there 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 are of course a lot of jokes about uh, you know um, what color is your dress going to be and all that, and. And you know, I just kind of forgot about all that stuff, or, or really early on. You know, I didn't. I, I, I thought there's there's, there, you know, I'm not going to try to uh, to comment in any way on his his sexuality or his asexuality, which is my theory about him. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, just stick to what what this play is about. And the play is about LBJ. You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is the thing. It's 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 really the portrait of of a of a man. Who had a power crisis? Basically, his um, uh, his uh, he, he was he was forced in a way. I mean, he was he was seduced by you know by 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 so many so many uh, people and forces. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know his his the, you know the the whole progression of the the Vietnam scenes is just. Is uh, is is amazing. I've I haven't, you know, I haven't watched the Ken Burns series yet. But I I, th- this will, this will be a good sort of introduction to to that. A good outline of of, of that, I'm sure.
1: Yes, and, and the play posts uh, posits those struggles between domestic and foreign interests so beautifully and i want everybody to go see it i have two last questions for you uh one is something i've wondered since i saw all the way back in 2015 and now with great society it seems like it just ups the ante what is the most challenging thing throughout this process for you as an actor or for the team because the ensemble is so large i'm wondering what the biggest challenge because of the scope of this thing was for you guys
0: uh, well, <laughs> technically, <laughs> I have to say, you know, I had it pretty easy because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have any wigs. <laughs> I only I only had to, to to sort of add to my costumes and change a jacket or a tie or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, and I so I'm I, I'm not I, you know I'm, I'm just talking in terms of te- technically. There, there was a huge challenge for the ensemble. They, they just did amazing things. And that first, that first preview after we, we hadn't actually had a full run through of a technical run through. Wow. Uh, the first preview was like, it was like noises off backstage. It was crazy. Oh my goodness. But but really, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think I, I, there was, there was a challenge to, because we're, we're also spectators in yeah. this. Um, if you could see that we were, uh, that that the ensemble was often sitting in the um, sitting in the benches, and for me, it was a challenge to 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 know when I was just a spectator and when I when I sort of morphed into Jay Edgar and some of my responses to things. Um, and uh, you know, it was a challenge to figure out where you where you fit in the it, it, if if you think of this as, as as LBJ looking back on his on his life, um, you know from from his ranch, after he's, you know, back there and uh, and back back on his ranch in Texas, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's how am I contributing to this this dream that became a nightmare? You know, exactly. Um, it's interesting that all the way, all the way started with the darkness of the Kennedy assassination and uh, and ended with the triumph uh, of, of the election, sixty four election. This starts with the great hope of the great society and and it, it unravels and ends with <laughs> ends with them very near the end, almost in a fetal position. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 really interesting the way these these two plays are bookends.
1: Yeah, the structure is absolutely amazing. It's something I can't describe. I, I saw it with a friend who's done a lot of theater directing. He's co-hosted this show a couple of times. And he said that, that both plays are Shakespearean in nature. And that's why it go- That's his theory as to why it goes by so fast is you're yeah. watching Shakespeare. You're watching mm-hmm. modern-day Shakespeare play out. And he's not wrong uh, when he says that. And, and it's just... The structure of those play of this play, you have to go see it to understand it. You will not be bored. I I wouldn't describe it as a thriller so much as I would history put on stage in a thrilling way that will just keep you gripped, even though you know what's coming. Especially if you're right. a history buff and a government buff, you, you yeah. just got to see it. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it and and it and it goes so fast that it doesn't give you time to really really reflect on what you've just seen. Exactly. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a it's a big canvas, and there's a there there's a lot of splashing
1: going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, we at the end of the first act last night, we were like, oh, oh, okay, first act already. Are there three intermissions? It went by that quick. We were literally wondering, you know, Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And my last question for you, um, because you've done so much, again, Emmy Award winner you know, on Broadway, the, I I have to know what your advice is to people that want to be in your position one day with all these great credits
0: well you know my 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 advice to young actors is to just do do as much theater as you can because you know it'll just make you better everywhere and people say well you know the technique is different on film and you know if you do so too much theater you're gonna to be too big on film that's not true at all it really isn't true at all you know you're you know, you're just making love to, uh, to a camera instead of to, you know, your partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but I also say that when you get to a certain point and you're, and you're saying, you know, do I keep going with this? Um, I've always said, this is another Frost thing. You know, he said, uh, he said, don't, don't do it unless you can't help it.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: You know, do it, do, keep doing it. Um, if you if if you can't help it, you just got to keep doing it. You know?
1: That is a beautiful way to put this. And before I let you go, are you going to pe- be performing the Frost piece here in the city after uh, after you're done with this, or uh, what's next um, for that?
0: Well, you know we're trying to, we're trying to figure out a way to get some kind of production here. Um, you know, I I've talked to a couple of smaller theaters about it and it, you know, it may happen. Um, I, you know, I think it would be great in the, in the toe theater in the, in the, uh, in the, the little theater at Lincoln center. Um, yeah. and, uh, I was just talking to, uh, to somebody at the Princeton club today and we're talking about maybe doing a, you know, a one nighter there and getting some people to come. And, uh, so that would be in the time in this, in the spring. Yeah, so, uh, that would be we'll, great. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that, just so we, and and we can get some producers in and everything. But you know, I picked a guy that I'm not going to be too old to play for another twenty years. So. <laughs> well, I've I got love plenty it. Plenty of time.
1: Well, what do you love about him? What what drew you to him to do well, this Well, I, I you know it's, it's
0: where I grew up. It's it's uh, it's the sound of where I grew up, and um, it's uh, and 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 uh, I I just think that. Um, y- y- you know, when I was in high school, um, uh, there, there was a poem called Out Out, which is not one of the poems that I, I read in the show, but it just it, 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 it grabbed me um, as, a, as, a, as a teenager. It just uh, s- said so much to me about about um, it was a, it's the death of a death of a boy my age. And it happened very close to it was based on a real event that happened very close to where I grew up. And the way, and, and Frost's way of looking at it and looking at that moment was was just so eloquent that um, that then I started exploring him and I've just never put him down since. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something with him for, for 30, 40 years and I finally got around to it. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just means, uh, it just means so much to me. So he'll always be with me, you know, that's, that's the deal.
1: Well, that's wonderful.
0: And, and, and people say to me now, um, you know, this is, we really need him now. We need his, we need his, his voice. Oh, I agree. Point, I think, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's a way of looking at the world of stopping and looking at the world. Um, and uh, you know, the latest poem that we, that we put in is um, it's called choose something like a star. And what it says is, you know, you look, you look up at the, up at, the, up at the star and you want it to say something, but it doesn't say anything. But then finally at the end, you realize that it's asking you to be as, as ha, to have the height that it has and to be above the fray and to be, uh, and the last line, two lines of the poem are, uh, so when at times the mob is swayed to carry praise or blame too far, we may choose something like a star to stay our minds on and be stayed. And wow. then he says, then he says, "If you can find something far enough away, like a star, or The Arabian Nights, or some ancient poet, like Catullus, maybe, and and you think on that, you 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 can take your mind off boating."
1: <laughs> I love it. That is wonderful. So and
0: it's just he, you and know, such such wisdom, really, and uh, and 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 a great sense of humor. Too.
1: oh absolutely well please keep us posted on if you get something in the area even if it's in jersey or pennsylvania we'll come out and see it and we'll cover it because uh that's wonderful i i'm a fan of your work i'm a my uh from uh, i'll tell you this i'm from a police family so of course oh. i know nypd blue and of course you know that started a whole genre so thank you for your work on that and thank you for your work with the robert frost stuff and thank you for, this, uh, for your wonderful portrayal of J. Edgar Hoover on Broadway right now through November 30th. Thank you so much, Gordon.
0: Okay, thank you, Matt.
1: Gordon, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and I wish you the best and many broken legs. You know, the phrase break a leg, uh, for our listeners who may not know. I wish you many broken legs going into these final few shows over the next... 10 11 12 days and of course you are invited back anytime and if you get your robert frost thing up here Let's do it. Let's connect, hopefully, in person. We can sit down and chat and maybe delve into some more NYPD Blue. Uh, police procedural rules are kind of my jam. So, everybody, go see The Great Society, because political thrillers are my jam, too. The story, the second half of Lyndon B. Johnson's presidency, told in the second half of this wonderful wonderful pair of plays. That's it for us today. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Talk for 2. Subscribe in iTunes and Stickter and Apple Podcasts and Spotify wherever you find your podcasts. I am sure we are there and of course visit our home base Talk for 2. Dot com and reach out to me at talkfor2 cast t-a-l-k f o r t w o c A-S-T at gmail.com. Signing off, I'm Matt Bailey, reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two.
0: You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com.